This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Since the Vikings no longer need the hashtag, we'll still are here for the sake of this scoop podcast. Bring it home. We'll do our best to bring it home. Over the next handful of minutes, it is Friday, the 26th of January, taping episode 124 of the Scoop Podcast, mid-afternoon. Always appreciate you checking out the podcast. We'll get to Gophers football quarterback commit Cole Kramer in just a bit, plus an update on the Twins' pursuit of Hugh Darvish and much more. But first, some love for Skoll Marketing. Skoll Marketing helps keep the Scoop Podcast going. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. They specialize in working with local small businesses. They are a locally-owned company themselves, started by two former Google employees to take the little guys to another level, to help the little guys compete. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, and social media management, among many areas. Let's make Google work for you. If you are a small business owner... You want to utilize Skoll Marketing. Online, you can check out more information, skollmarketing.com, or call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKOLL. 612-787-SKOLL. The website, again, is skollmarketing.com. Let's begin with the first commit of the Gophers 2019 recruiting class. Hey, think about it here in a couple weeks. National Signing Day doesn't mean a thing for the Gophers because they already have their entire 2018 class signed with the early signing day in December. They are still working on some preferred walk-ons, including a tight end from Moundsview, Antonio Montero, Mr. Football from Eden Prairie, and others. But in terms of handing out scholarships, 2018 is done. They are done with their signed class, so the focus for signed guys is 2019. The first commit verbally in the class of 2019 is Eden Prairie quarterback Cole Kramer. He is the cousin of current Gophers linebacker Carter Coughlin. I caught up with Cole a couple days ago at Eden Prairie High School. Cole, let's just start with this. Why Minnesota? Why the Gophers? You know, p- everything PJ Flex is doing and the staff just really wants want, made me want to come and be a Gopher, and uh, especially the new facility, being uh, close to home, just all those upsides, you know, I mean, I couldn't turn it down. It is the second year in a row somebody from Eden Prairie High School is, is the first commit for the class. You think about Benny Sapp a year ago being the first 2018 commit. You're the first 2019 commit. Why was it important to, to commit so early? Um, you know, I thought it was uh, pretty important to be the leader of the class, to uh, really contact those and try to get others to uh, come and commit as well. So that was, uh, that was why it was important to me. Are you already aggressive on that front, reaching out to, to potential commits? Yeah, I've been uh, texting and uh, Twitter DMing quite a couple of guys, so it's pretty good, you know, uh, just, just seeing who they are and just building friendships out of that. Speaking of building friendships, have you already built one up with, with head coach P.J. Fleck? I have for sure, yeah. I mean, I love going and talking to him and even like the other, other guys on the staff. Just I feel like family there, so it's awesome. What about the offense that Kirk Shiraka runs? And P.J. Fleck certainly has his fingerprints on the offense. How, how does their offense fit your skill set? Um, you know, just I just think like with the athletic ability, um, like last year, uh, Croft running the ball a little. Um, but then I also think that the passing style, it's right for me and a good fit for me. Are you an underrated passer? Um, I mean, our high school doesn't throw much. But, I mean, when I made, make the throws, you know, they count. And they make, they, you know, I might not throw a lot, but the throws I do, they, they really count. So, 
Because you guys don't throw the ball a ton, because Coach Grant's offense is so heavy on the run, do you feel like maybe you flew under the radar a little bit on the recruiting front? Um, you know, maybe a little, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to be the best quarterback I can be. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many stats I have, just as long as I'm doing my thing and just having fun with it. Do you consider yourself a true dual-threat quarterback? You know, I do. I feel like I can make the throw when I need to, and also I can, uh, like, run and just use my feet as well. Tell us about the, the family legacy with, with your family and the allegiance to the Gophers. Um, you know, my cousin, Carter Coughlin, plays there, and uh, my grandpa, Tom Moe, used to go there. And, uh, you know, just having them there was just, you know, kind of cool, just how the legacy is. But that's not really the reason I wanted to go here. It's more of just who, what Gopher football is all about. And just, you know, as like I said before, P.J. Fleck and the staff, I just wanted to be around them and everything. Tell us how the offer came about, how you found out you were getting an offer. Because everything happened quick, right? I mean, you got the offer, and you committed soon thereafter. Yeah, I knew I was going to commit when they offered me. Um, they, they offered me at around 7, 7 in the morning, right before school. So uh, he FaceTimed me, Coach Fleck did, and he said we were going to offer you. And, you know, I just I, I went crazy. I, I accepted it right there. My whole family was there because we were waiting for it. And uh, they told me previous that they were going to offer me. So it's just a great experience. I mean, you touched on, on your love for P.J. Flack, the new facilities. I mean, do you feel like the program is heading in the right direction? Oh, for sure. I think the, the movement is, is totally there. You know, they're building momentum with the recruiting class that just came in. And, uh, you know, I'm here to help that momentum go. Were there any schools that were, were talking to you that, that you felt like might have offered if, if the Gophers hadn't offered when they did? Um, you know, Iowa was talking to me quite a bit. Same with Michigan State. But, uh, you know, Minnesota came first, and uh, that's, that's where I want to go. How much will you work on this summer? I mean, are you going to certain camps? Do you have, you know, the next handful of months mapped out for, for what you'll do to develop as a quarterback? Yeah, I'll be going to a Lee 11 uh, and then hopefully like a Rivals, uh, something like that. And then, of course, the Gopher camps and just basically just work on, on uh, everything like footwork, accuracy, just all those reading coverages as well. Is your sense that they'll bring in another quarterback in the, in the class of 2019? Um, they told me that they're going to take two. So uh, however that plays out, you know, the, uh, just them taking two, that means i got to work harder, and it's just going to mean that much more like, once, if, once I play. So, yeah. I mean, my assumption would be that you'll embrace competition. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't? I mean, yeah. especially at the quarterback position. Yep. Heck, bring in three or four quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm sure you're all about let's compete and, and may the best man win. Exactly. You know, um, just going at these camps as well, you know, seeing those quarterbacks compete just makes me want to compete even more. So having someone come in with the same as the same class as me just I'd, I'd really embrace it as well and just do the best as I can what are you looking forward to this weekend with uh, junior day I'm just talking to all the guys um, being around the coaching staff I'm really excited to see them and uh, we get to tour the, the new facility so that'll be awesome as well so that'll be your first time touring the facility um, I've toured it when it wasn't complete but uh, it's going to be the first time when it's all all said and done so it's going to be awesome have you had any, you know, whether it's text messaging or, or talk to your cousin Carter about, about how cool the facility is? Yeah, he said it was unbelievable. He said it was just an awesome place to be, and I'm just super excited to be able to get, go there and just embrace it. Are you still riding the, uh, the emotional high of, of winning that state championship? Uh, you know, I mean, we got to move on. You know, we got, we got Eastview first, first game next year. So, but first, I mean, it was an awesome experience to win the state championship as well. Um, it's just great to you know win with those guys. So was, yeah. I mean, you could still though. I mean, oh, yeah. you're talking about Eastview. I mean, that's like August. I mean, that's yeah. a long time from now. Yeah, well, uh, you got to prepare, but uh, for sure, I'm super excited. I mean, it's it's a one in a lifetime thing, and uh, it just means everything. 
And did it mean even more the fact that you guys came so close the year before, yeah. ultimately losing, mm-hmm. and then winning the next year? Yeah, last year it was very hard to lose. Um, you know, we, we tried so hard, and, you know, we came up short. But uh, this year, you know, getting it done, just it, it was an awesome experience, awesome feel. Tell us a little bit more about what you'll focus on this summer. Where do you need to get better as a quarterback? Um, I'd say just, you know, reading the coverages and uh, just, you know, throwing and making uh, making a decision, whether it's if that guy's, uh, like, guarded, then go to the next, so reading. But uh, also just, you know, keep my footwork up, uh, keep my, like, making moves when there's only one guy to get past, and, you know, just keep on throwing, so. Is the plan to to get to campus early? I mean, are you thinking that, Heck, this time next year, next January, you'll be enrolled in school. You'll be a part of the team for, for winter workouts. Yeah, that's a, that's my plan right now. Um, I've talked to my counselor. I have enough credits. So, you know, that's that's what I want to do. I want to get there early. And uh, so that's the plan. Yep. I mean, does that just excite you? I mean, oh, yeah. think about it. I mean, one year from now, you'll be in college. It's crazy to think, but I'm just super excited to get there and play with those guys and just playing Big Ten football for the Gophers. It's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, you committed, what, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. You still have that glow on your face that, yeah. that you are a Big Ten quarterback. You're going to be a Gophers quarterback. The Gophers Junior Day with Kramer and many others, way over 10 guys will be at Junior Day. Guys from not only Minnesota, a player from Michigan or a couple players from Michigan, heck, all across the Midwest. It is a busy recruiting weekend for the Gophers. Also on Montero, I mentioned Antonio Montero. He is visiting San Diego State this weekend. It is Jeff Horton. Remember him, former Gophers interim head coach, who is recruiting Montero. They want him to be a fullback at San Diego State. Rice made the offer. So Montero has a lot to think about as signing day approaches. Does he want to be a preferred walk-on with the Gophers, eventually play his way into a scholarship like Blake Cashman and others, or does he want to take a scholarship offer right now? Also on the Gophers football team, the word is a new defensive backs coach is just about hired. No, it is not Tyrone Carter. Tyrone Carter never got serious consideration, even though the former Gophers great wanted the job badly. Let's do this. I was on with Mackie and Judd earlier today on Friday morning, and we got into a bunch of topics. I will replay that conversation, then I'll react to some of the things that we went back and forth on because we got into a bunch of different scoops over a condensed amount of time, like in 10 or 12 minutes, we bounced around pretty good. So let me replay that conversation with Mackie and Judd, then I'll react to some of the things that I said. Here's what you might have missed on a recent episode of the Raised by Wolves podcast. This Wolves team is just not equipped to hang with the Warriors and the Rockets, which is probably something we kind of already knew. Yeah, I mean, the three-point shooting is, I mean, and again, that's something else that we kind of knew was going to be sort of an issue going into this year because we knew they hadn't really, in the offseason, they they added some players, obviously, and and got better in terms of just overall talent. But we knew that three-point shooting was going to be an issue and that they were probably going to have some trouble against teams that are good three-point shooting teams like Golden State and like Houston. And uh, we saw that, you know, the Rockets are a team. They're going to throw up a lot of threes. They've got shooters all over the place. And uh, if you can't, if you can't go toe to toe, blow for blow with three point shooting with them, that uh, they're more than likely going to beat you. And and uh, so we we kind of saw that. You can find the Raised by Wolves podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Download and subscribe today.
All right, here he is. It's Doogie from KSTP 5 Eyewitness News. And also, he's got one of the most popular sports podcasts in town. It's called the Scoop Podcast. Long-form interviews, inside information, all kinds of stuff. And uh, he joins us now. A rare Friday appearance at 11 o'clock. Now that Winter Park access is done, I guess you your schedule is a little different. So. Good morning, gentlemen. TGIF. How about this for the latest on the scoop front? Just got off the phone with an acquaintance. He lives in the West Metro. He's a power broker in town. He thought he had Jeffrey Laurie, the Eagles owner, all wrapped up to rent his house next week. $100,000. What? He just got word within the last hour that Lori is going in a different direction. Whoa. What a punch in the gut. You thought you had. Now this guy isn't living check to check. Don't get me wrong. He's doing okay. I mean, if Jeffrey Lurie is thinking about renting your house. But yeah, how about that? Lori's people just let him know they are picking a different house. They came. Did this guy know that there was bidding going on? Yes, he knew there was a chance, but he thought, hey, you know, the feedback he had gotten initially was pretty positive. Okay, here's the here. You know what? I don't. I don't fault. I don't fault trying to get $100,000 for your home. If you got a nice home, try to get the money. But do you really want Philly guys? Like, Jeffrey Lurie's probably just like this idiot. They got this thing called social media. Mm. They, let, let's go to the art museum and let's desecrate the Rocky statue at 8 a.m. and let the Philly <laughs> yeah. fans see it. Like, we're going to be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is not a big deal. I, they had every everything we did to them they deserved. Yeah, he's probably going to soil your carpets. I'll admit, remember I was in this studio last week. I said, hey, I hung out with Bo Allen's parents. They told me. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, they're nice Yeah, people. and I said, I yeah, I mean, no. I sort of took them at face value. Yeah, so much for that. I mean, hearing from Pat Elfline's family, apparently his girlfriend, some of the stuff she had to deal with, Pat Elfline's mom. Keenum's family. Is sickening. Keenum, yes, case, Keenum said Keenum's his family. family was subjected to uh, some of the same things. They were, although Keenum had a bunch of friends from Abilene there. Yeah. They had some people to protect them. Apparently on the Elfline front, it was disgusting when he went down with the injury. Some of the things they, they were cheering, right, and said, "Get that fat SOB mm-hmm. off the field." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty standard in most stadiums. But some of the other stuff, is, I got to uh, be honest though, for a hundred thousand dollars, if Lurie want, wanted to come to my house and torch the thing, I'd be like, "Hey, no problem." <laughs> How much do you think he'd pay you to stay in your house for a weekend? Well, He'd make you pay him. To no, stay well, wait, 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 wait! It's close to downtown, though. <laughs> it is you a prime location. Do? He would rent my property, tear my house down, right, exactly. buy the house next door to my house, build a mega house for me. He'd flip your house is what he would and do. And then right? I would say, Jeffrey, <laughs> do whatever property. you want. Uh, so who's going to be their offensive coordinator? I would bet on Kevin Stefanski, but they are casting a wide net. I'll say this much on Stefanski. He has a power broker as an agent, Jimmy Sexton. There will be other opportunities for Stefanski across the league if the Vikings don't elevate him. It would be comparable to my friend Todd Downing's situation last year in Oakland. He had some other suitors. The Raiders either had to elevate him to offensive coordinator or fear losing him. So they elevated him. I'm just saying, if you value Stefanski as much as I believe they value him, you elevate him to offensive coordinator. Hmm, Okay. Uh, Daryl Bevel is an an interesting name. People like, oh, no no chance, uh, Brad Childress... Daryl Bevel has done some good work with Russell Wilson. They went to a Super Bowl. That offensive line is just ravaged with no talent and injuries. So that's why that's why they had to sort of shake things up in in Seattle. But that's an interesting name. It is an interesting name. Now I won't claim to be an X's and O's expert, but yes, with his lengthy background as a play caller, going back over a decade, agree. I would be surprised 
if they hired either Sean Ryan or Dan Campbell. I'll give you another name. Dan Campbell. Just a barbed wire tattoo on arm should rule you out. He's, now, running. I'm he's sorry. now with the Saints, correct? The assistant Campbell's head coach. Campbell's with the Saints. Ryan is with the Texans. Yes, he's the quarterback's coach, who I think goes back to the Giants as well. I think Ryan was with the Giants before the Texans. You might be right. I'll give you another name that mm-hmm. a very good NFL source ran by me. Now, by no stretch, do I think this person even has a lick of a chance. But I was told that Bill Parcells was going to run the name Charlie Weiss okay. by Mike Zimmer. I mean, Charlie not, Weiss. Now, he said he's a couple years ago he's done coaching. Yeah, But he didn't say 100% definitively he's done coaching. Hmm. Would that name do anything for you? As a, and I'm uh, saying again, as a by Notre no Dame means fan. do I think that Charlie Weiss will be the next Vikings offensive coordinator. But I'm just telling no. you. What a really good NFL source ran by me a few days this, ago. This, no. this Stefanski thing concerns me in the in the way that I'm not a huge fan of just saying, well, well, things worked with with Pat in 2017, so let's keep it status quo. We've seen that story play out here before. You know, hey, this guy d- did a good job, and this guy was his quarterbacks coach. I think casting a broad net here is smart. And and, and listen. If you've decided on what you want at your quarterback, I could definitely see casting that broad net to include just West Coast guys for the most part, Dukes. But if you're just going to say, well, we're just going to stay internal because that always concerns me here because I've seen it done before and often it turns out not to be the greatest idea. Well, what if you cast the wide net? You end up interviewing. Well, that's fine if you go through the whole process. Five or six candidates. And after that, you you decide, okay, Stefanski interviewed well. We know what to expect with him. Stefanski. Let's go ahead and elevate him. Stefanski started here in 2006 as, Ch- as Brad Childress's basically gopher. Mm-hmm. He ran around Mankato during training camp with a with a cell phone, basically predicting w- when storms were going to come. That was his role. <laughs> you know amazing. what? Though? That's what Brad happens in that Tommy organization. Doppler. I know, right? I mean, our buddy Ryan Munnins. I know, former PR what intern Jeff Robinson, part time guy. Now Ryan Munnins is the head of is it pro scouting. Yeah, he's. I forget Ryan's exact title, but I mean Ryan chain. is is big time in the front office. I'm just saying, if you go through the entire, so it's process, what they that's do. Fine. Yeah. Um, how bad is Pat Elfline's injury? Is this something that could sideline him like throughout large chunks of the off season into the next season? What, what it's an ankle hearing? fracture. I mean, he'll undergo surgery early next week. Yeah. I mean, the hope is he's back by OTAs and or minicamp. I mean, Latavius Murray was, but still, it remains to be seen because Latavius Murray had ankle surgery and he wasn't himself until half of mm-hmm. the season, right? I mean, definitely a serious injury. But, yeah, I mean, the indication right now is he should be okay by, you know, whether it's, you know, early May, mid-May, mid-June, or even Egan come training camp in late July, that that he should be okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Also, Anthony Barr has a legitimate injury. You know, he's not in the Pro Bowl this week. It's a hamstring injury. He got hurt in the Eagles game. You Darvish update. What is going on there with the uh, sure. him and the Twins? Yeah, well, I went back and forth with a high-ranking Twins official this morning. They don't think today will be the day. So put it this way. If we have some news in the next few hours that you Darvish is signing with a team, figure it is not the Twins. Okay, The Twins are led to believe that you Darvish is not making a decision today. Recall a couple days ago, John Morrissey, who was very plugged in from Fox Sports, said, hey, it sounds like this will be the week that you Darvish picks a team. I'm just telling you, the Twins don't have a sense that you Darvish is picking a team today. I mean, I suppose you could pick a team tomorrow, but you would yeah. think it would be during the week. So what would you say, and you and I are getting the same the same comments on uh, on Twitter, on email, for for skeptical Twins fan that says, 
You guys are getting duped. There's no way the Twins are actually in on you, Darvish. What's your response? Well, I mean, I can tell you from both sides, the Darvish side and the twin side, I am led to believe they are still heavily involved. Now, the question I can't get answered, though, is the obvious follow-up via text is, have you made him a full-fledged offer? Have you laid out you are willing to pay him five years, $120 million, for example? Mm-hmm. I can't get a Twins official. I've checked with about seven of them. Yeah, I can't get one Twins official to say, yeah, we have made a full-fledged offer. Now, maybe we're debating semantics. They know what it'll take. They're still involved. But I don't have an indication that they have actually made a real offer. As of last weekend at Twins Fest, I was told... They had not made an offer. But they could be easily, they, they could have talked about parameters of. Correct. That's you know, where it's hypothetically, if we, yes. if you, we front loaded this and give you an opt out after this and blah, blah, blah. Okay, we'll, we'll, Correct. we'll discuss. I'll say this. I do think the Cubs will be tough to beat. If I had to bet, you Darvish won't be a twin. But are they still involved? Absolutely. So never say never. I still think they will land a good starting pitcher, whether it's Darvish, Lynn, Cobb. Maybe even Arietta. You know, heck, they've they've talked to here's a couple new names. Now this would be more a back end guy, but Wade Miley, mm. John Lackey. Uh, uh, John Lackey. Chris uh, Tillman has the same agent as Alex Cobb, so Tillman's name has come up. Heck, they still have been back and forth with the Rays a little bit. Yeah. Now do I think the Rays are trading Chris Archer? I don't have that sense right now. Sounds like they're but not. But the Twins have interest in Chris Archer. Yeah. So don't rule out sure. the possibility of a trade. But with so many free agents available, I have changed my tune. About six weeks ago, I said, yeah, I actually think they make a trade before they sign a free agent. But with so many guys available, Save your bullets. at this point, yeah. I think you end up signing a Save guy. Save your prospect bullets for July. John Lackey Correct. does nothing for anybody. He's nothing. actually, you know, it's... He's actually been very solid in his older age. Last year was a bit of a drop-off, but, yeah, I mean, as far That's as moving gonna, the needle, it's not going to be yeah. something. Well, that, I mean, speaking of casting a wide net, I mean, they reached out on CC Sabathia. I mean, heck, I mean, they've talked to a number of teams. Heck. I'm sure they've talked to the Blue Jays about Stroman. I don't think the Blue Jays are moving him. Yeah. Uh, but they've tried. Jimmy Butler. That knee has now cost him, I believe, the past four games, if that is correct. Yeah, two what losses. Is, yeah, what's the concern about uh, the Wolves' best defensive player, best player, period, being out? Minimal. I mean, he may even be back tomorrow against the Nets at Target Center. If he's not back tomorrow, he's back soon. Okay. This is not any sort of long-term concern. My long-term concern remains that he has played so many minutes, even going back to USA basketball. You know, you can extend him as soon as this summer. The Wolves clearly want to keep him long-term. What sort of Jimmy Butler will you get at age 32, 33? You're not winning the championship this year. I don't think you're winning the championship next year. But maybe you have a window in three or four years keeping this core together. Yeah, what's he going to be like then? What is he going to be like then after playing so many minutes? Yeah, and it's, it's, it, it always amazes me with all the research we have about workload and minutes. People still poo-poo it. Oh, he's young, whatever he's... No, it's not about whether he can play well in the next game because of the minutes. It's about the bulk of a decade's worth of 40, 45 high stress. His minutes are a lot more high stress than other guys because he's playing all out on both ends of the floor. So him playing for 43 minutes all out on both ends of the floor is a lot more stressful on his joints, on his body, on you know longevity than... 
a player like Carmelo Anthony who takes every defensive possession off until maybe late in the fourth quarter. It's just a fact. I recommend to the audience David Thorpe, former ESPN analyst, skills trainer. He helped cultivate you know, Corey Brewer, Joe Kim Noah. He's based in the Tampa area, so a lot of guys with Florida ties. Yeah, He's been heavily involved in the NBA going back 20-plus years. I had him on the podcast within the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. Trust me, he lays out the evidence, the scientific evidence about minutes. So you need to listen to him. He is the expert. But yes, there is enough data out there to suggest you don't run these guys into the ground yeah. the way the Wolves do. Someone should yeah. tell Tibbs then. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's. I mean, there are people on that staff that that are fully aware of this. I mean, they've got people who are, mm-hmm. the Wolves aren't aren't like archaic in terms of their knowledge of analytics. And it's no, just I mean that, Ryan Saunders is very bright when sure. it comes to the analytics. Uh, hey, I know you got to get going here in like a minute, but any final scoops? Go for basketball. You mentioned before we took the airwaves here. Well, I mean, I had somebody close to the Gophers recommend to me if Amir Coffee can't practice, why is he playing thirty two minutes a night? Now, maybe that changes soon. The season is lost. But if you can't practice, Dupree McBrayer can't practice, why are you playing these guys so many minutes? (laughs) Yeah, it's not, I mean... I mean, Patino's trying to save the season, so I... Well, it's lost now. I get that, yeah, and now you're 3-7. and seven. I mean, maybe it was salvageable if you beat Northwestern the other night. At this point, it's lost. They're going to miss the NIT. It's officially They're circled the, the drain. NIT. Well, I mean, who cares about the NIT? I'm just it saying, like, circled that, the drain. No, I don't care about the NIT. I'm saying you were maybe talking Elite Eight two months ago, and now you're going to whiff on the NIT. Yeah. So it's been a I bad... I told you guys, CBI. Yeah. And they have to pay to get into the They CBI, do have to pay, right? yes. I can't this think of a CBI, fall-off. baby. This... I mean, snap of the fingers, right? I mean, no. They I've, beat Illinois. Was it January third? I said this two weeks ago. Give me and what's give, today's day, January twenty sixth. In the span of twenty three days, give me an in season fallout like this. Last year's Vikings five and zero. Oh, I uh, mean, Tiger Woods. But this going back to the oh, fiasco. Now, yeah, when you have a nine iron jammed into the back window of your car, <laughs> it's, your wife. But I mean, it's hard, right? <laughs> I mean, locally, you can't. No, think I know of, that's what I'm saying. The Vikings yeah. last year come to mind because they they st- started five and rip, yeah, and then okay. they collapsed. But yeah. there's not many yeah. of these where you just saw it fall off the table this completely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Doogie. John Morrissey now MLB.com. He said earlier in the week that he got the sense that you Darvish was going to pick a new team before the week is over. Well, taping this on Friday afternoon, there's no sense he is picking a team today. It looks like. This will extend into next week. But there is a belief from multiple team officials, one a National League team that has its fingerprints on Darvish. We know the Cubs and Dodgers are two of those, so you can figure out if I have connections with the Cubs and or Dodgers. But I can tell you somebody from one of those organizations thinks that Darvish will make up his mind next week, if not sooner. Maybe it's Saturday or Sunday, although I guess Sunday would be the start of next week. The Twins don't really have a sense when he will make up his mind, but they are still in the mix. The Twins are still in the mix on you, Darvish. Even if the Cubs should be viewed as the favorites, the Twins are still trying. There is still constant dialogue with you, Darvish's agent, Joel Wolf. Pat Shermer thinks the world of Kevin Stefanski. Now, Pat Shermer will call his plays with the Giants, but it's entirely possible if Stefanski doesn't get elevated here, that Shermer looks to bring Stefanski to New York to be his offensive coordinator. That's what I'm talking about with Stefanski having a power broker as an agent in Jimmy Sexton where the Vikings might be forced if they don't want to lose him to elevate him. Plus, he's been here forever. He has earned the opportunity. This is now me you know, speaking from an opinion standpoint, not a fact-based perspective, but my opinion is Kevin Stefanski has earned the opportunity 
to call plays. I also do know that Todd Downing, Eden Prairie native, his name has come up with Mike Zimmer. Todd doesn't have any sort of interview scheduled. Todd might make some sense as quarterbacks coach. If you elevate Kevin Stefanski, for example, to offensive coordinator, what about Todd Downing as quarterbacks coach? By the way, Mike McCoy, the new Arizona offensive coordinator, his name was tossed about by Ian Rappaport. There was never any external dialogue. It seems like that was very much agent-driven. It also sounds like Ben McAdoo's name is also agent-driven. There's no sense the Vikings are in on Ben McAdoo. They were never in on Mike McCoy. Some other notes I'll bounce all around. I saw that Tyrell Terry, the De La Salle guard, had 47 points in a game the other day. Junior guard, class of 2019. He's been to Gophers games. They've watched him. There is interest, but the Gophers have not extended him an offer. Baylor did this week. Jared Nunes, the connection down there, the former Hopkins High School star. He is an assistant coach at Baylor, so Jared recruits Minnesota pretty heavily. Anyway, Baylor made the offer. Somebody close to Terry said this to me when I said, hey, why haven't the Gophers offered Terry? Quote, it's a business. I have no clue, and I know that the Gophers are a school of serious interest for Tyrell. We don't have all the answers because we're not in the know. Unfortunately, it always looks bad when a school outside your region offers a kid that you have a chance at seeing or communicating with every day. Who knows? Maybe it will happen soon. Either way, Tyrell is a great talent and an even better young man. The Gophers have extended other offers to 2019 guards. Terry can shoot the ball. Maybe doesn't have the quickness that Richard Patino likes in his guards. But you have to wonder if eventually the Gophers extend the offer. As of now, the Gophers have offered two 2019 kids. You have Zeke Naji of Hopkins High School and Matthew Hurt of Rochester John Marshall. Bill Self was in town recently, the Kansas coach to watch Matthew Hurt. I would say Kansas has a good shot at landing Matthew Hurt. Terry, by the way, so he has the Baylor offer. He has an Iowa offer, Nebraska offer. Butler also wants Terry badly. So the Gophers might be fighting an uphill battle, even if they eventually offer, even though he does have a lot of interest in the hometown school. All right, continuing to bounce all around on Gophers basketball. Actually, I was chatting with somebody who was in the locker room before the Northwestern game. This person was blown away by the preparation by the coaching staff. They had an unbelievable game plan. They had the scouting report down pat on every single Wildcat. Heck, they said the key to the game One of the keys, actually, was making free throws. Well, the Gophers didn't make free throws. That was among the reasons why they lost. This person who had great access to the Gophers pregame, I'm telling you, in the locker room before the game, said he was blown away by how prepared the Gophers were for that game. So that's a credit to the Gophers coaching staff. Zero Vikings team so far when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Now Rick Spielman saw him play multiple times During the season, maybe the Vikings eventually show more interest in Mayfield, or maybe they're hiding their interest. But when it comes to Mayfield being at the Senior Bowl, he's met with a number of teams. The Vikings are not among those teams, checking with somebody close to Mayfield. J.C. Hassenauer from Eastridge High School, two-time national champion at Alabama, started in the national championship game just a few weeks ago. At guard, has position flexibility, guard plus center. He's a tough SOB. He will make an NFL roster. I will bet anybody 
on that one, or he's on a practice squad. But J.C. Hassenauer has a pro future, even though he's not at the Senior Bowl, didn't get all the exotic postseason invites. He's not at the Combine, but he will have a chance. He hired a good agent. He hired Joe Linta. He is working out locally with Adam Thielen's trainer. Adam Thielen's trainer, Ryan, trains so many athletes. He told me Hassenauer is right up there with Adam when it comes to work ethic. Ryan has worked with a number of athletes going back a number of years. He puts Adam and J.C. Hassenauer at the top of his list when it comes to work ethic and desire. By the way, one of the athletes that Hassenauer trains with almost daily, just about daily, well, every other day, a few times a week, how about that, is former Gophers running back Kobe McCrary. Kobe McCrary hired local agent Chris Murray. Murray also represents Marcus Sherrill's Vikings unrestricted free agent. On the Wolves, they're not close to any trade. The trade deadline is, what is it, like 13 days away. It is two Thursdays from now. They're not close. Typically, trade talk doesn't pick up until 48 to 72 hours before. The Wolves are open to some possibilities, but I'm told nothing is going on. They have not talked to Dallas. They had some interest going back a number of weeks in Nerland's Noel, but it looks like the injury will keep Noel out of the lineup past the deadline. So that will be a hard trade for the Wolves to complete when Noel isn't healthy. Now, maybe Dallas eventually buys him out, and the Wolves could go the Noel route. The Wolves did have some interest early in Andrew Bogut after the Lakers bought him out, but it doesn't look like the Wolves will go in that direction. They haven't had any recent dialogue on Bogut. They had some interest in Bogut going back to the summer, too. But it doesn't look like they'll go that direction. But they are keeping a keen eye on the potential of guys that can hit the market via a buyout. No interest in Wes Matthews. Dallas has got some interest in moving him for the right price. I don't see the Wolves moving that Oklahoma City first-round pick. But they do have some interest. If they can get a guy that can help them on a short-term contract, they really don't want to take on much long-term money. But if they can get a guy that's a pending free agent, for example, for a second-round pick, the Wolves will have some interest looking for shooting slash wing depth or some interior help, a shot blocker and or rebounder. They've gotten some calls, I hear, on Nemanja Bielica, but it doesn't look like the Wolves are interested in moving Bielica. They haven't gotten much traction on Gorgie Jang. They have shopped Gorgie Jang's name around the league, but the problem there is Gorgie has three years and $46 million left on his contract. I can tell you there are teams who like Gorgie. I can't tell you one team that likes Gorgie Jang's contract. I will admit I missed the boat on that one. October of 2016, when the Wolves got him four years, $62.8 million, I thought that was a team-friendly deal. I miscalculated on the cap not going up like I thought it would. I just thought at the time that was a team-friendly deal, that Gorgie Jang is a good player. But right now with the cap you know, pretty much you know, capped at a certain number, it's not rising and rising and rising like I thought it would. Gorgie Jang at $16 million a year, a little below, a little tick below $16 million a year is not a bargain. So there are not teams desperately wanting to take on three years $46.5 million. So at this point, if I had to bet, maybe they make a trade, a minor trade, but definitely keep an eye on the buyout market. There is interest in filling, eventually filling that 15th roster spot. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 124. Hopefully there's enough in here. It's been a busy stretch on the TV side. So much Super Bowl work. So much Vikings work going back to last Sunday. So it's been a constant on the TV side. But anytime I can find the microphone to record a 35-minute podcast, I do my best 
to do so. Be sure to support the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. They keep the podcast going. Skoll Marketing. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, and social media management, among many areas. SkollMarketing.com is the website. If you're a local business owner or small business owner, Skoll Marketing can help bring you business. Call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKOL, 612-787-SKOL. The website, again, is skolmarketing.com. That does it for Scoop Podcast Episode 124. I am out of the office a ton next week, whether at the Minneapolis Convention Center. I actually got a tour of the Super Bowl experience on Friday. It is fantastic, although if you're local... Go either Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. By Wednesday, so many out-of-towners will be descending upon downtown Minneapolis. You want nothing to do with downtown Minneapolis by Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, into Thursday. So if you are going to the Super Bowl experience at the Minneapolis Convention Center, go in the next few days. But there are so many cool things there if you're a football fan. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 124. My hope is that I can find a microphone next week and do episode 125 next week. If not, I'll be back as soon as I can.